Welcome to the intersection of technology, cybersecurity, and society. Welcome to ITSP Magazine. You're listening to a new The Hacker Factory podcast with hacker maker, Philip Wiley. You're about to discover what the role of a professional hacker entails, the different specializations it holds, and what it takes to learn and become one. Enjoy the conversation as Philip and guests unveil the secrets of professional hacking, a mysterious, intriguing, and often misunderstood occupation. Knowledge is power, now more than ever. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Hacker Factory Podcast. I'm your host, Philip Wiley, the Hacker Maker. In each episode, I have a guest sharing their story and advice on getting started in cybersecurity. And today I'm really excited and happy to have on the show uh, a former student, uh, Richard Ardling. Uh, he was one of my students at the college when uh, I was teaching pen testing there. And so we just recently kind of got back in contact. I did a talk for his Discord community and I was trying to find guests and just kind of seeing his story and how he's liking to help people. I thought it'd be a good one to share. And so I know. Uh, people like himself are trying to help others. So this kind of gives them a chance to help others by sharing the story. So welcome to the show, Richard. Thank you, Phil. Uh, it's yes. great, great to see you virtually. It's been a while because I'm trying to think when, what year, when you were in my class, was it 2019? Yeah, it was 2019. And then, you know, once COVID hit, communication kind of dropped off and classes all went virtual. So that human interaction kind of stopped. So, um, you know, once COVID started, it's actually, it was a perfect time for me to get into the field. Um, so it was, it was a great opportunity for me. Um, somehow I was able to land the job. So I'm, you know, very blessed. So. That's good. It's interesting that the, the pandemic has been kind of a, a double-edged sword. It's get there's been good and there's been bad. There's been, you know, silver linings to things and, you know, the virtual stuff is really good because it gives us something to, keep our minds on during this pandemic we had, you know, it started out. I kind of didn't think this thing would last long. I thought when it started, I figured by fall things would be back to normal. I think some other people thought that. And and then some people were just unsure of how long this was going to last. Was it ever going to end? And so during all the uncertainty and people being bored, you know, a lot of, uh, a lot of different communities had lockdown, different cities and states had lockdowns for various time periods and just having something to do. And, and, you know, a lot of us like to go to conferences and meetups and, and that stopped. So fortunately the uh, virtual stuff continued and really, really kind of took off like it never had before. Yeah, of course. I mean, with everything going virtual and, you know, the stay at home lockdown, you know, it helped me study a little bit more. Um, I think it really helped me prep for a lot of the interviews I was going into um, I was in college when I actually started applying, you know, right, right when I finished your class, I started mass applying to some jobs. Um, I felt confident, especially after your pen tester blueprint. I, I, I took good notes on that. Um, and then after that, I started studying up on the resources you listed to kind of improve my knowledge, build that foundational knowledge and sharpen my skill set. So when I go into these interviews, I can uh, potentially land a job and back up the knowledge um, that I have without the degree or any certs at that time. Awesome. And for our, for our listeners to get a better idea, could you kind of, uh, share your story and, uh, you know, kind of what you did to prepare for a role as a pen tester? Yeah. So let me start by, um, 
back at the end of high school around the year 2018, you know, I didn't really know what to do with my life. Um, you know, I went to college to study cybersecurity and it was the first time I landed a cybersecurity job back in uh, 2020. So um, to get to that point, you know, I spent the first two years community. I didn't really have a set plan or set solid path to take. So a lot of my time was spent trying to communicate and network with different people like yourself uh, to kind of um, help me build the path because I didn't have good mentors. I had nobody to really look up to in life. Um, so my path was pretty uncertain. So I was um, a little hesitant in which area I should go to. Uh, but as a kid, I remember I, I, I did a few hacking here and there, uh, mainly, you know, cheat codes on different games, rooting my Android phone back when I was a kid. And I didn't really think you could start a career uh, doing that. So, you know, after doing some research, you know, I was like, you know, I need to go ahead, you know, full steam ahead on this because, you know, we're approaching graduation. I have nothing to pursue at the moment. So, you know, I realized, you know, this would be a great path to take. Um, so that's the that's the path I took. Um, I, I went full steam ahead, focused all my time on it, studied a bunch with a bunch of people. Uh, attended your Pwn School project, uh, went to a few Dallas Hackers Association events that you introduced me to. So I was able to network with a bunch of different pen testers over there, kind of get their background, how they went about it, how they got into the field, because I wanted to accelerate my uh, my life a little bit. I didn't want to spend four years at a college. I wanted to get into the field and potentially find an employer that will uh, nurture me and help grow me into that role. Um, so luckily, I found the right people that helped me with that. So, you know, uh, towards the beginning of the pandemic, around March, April, that area, I was able to actually land a job for a defense contractor um, as a cybersecurity engineer, even though I wasn't technically qualified on the HR requirements. Um, I was blessed to find people that could help me land that job. And from there, I progressed and found a lot of other mentors that helped me along the way to where I am and who I am now. That's good, and and you were you were sharing before we started recording. So you you said you're working in a pen testing role now. How long ago did you start that? Yeah, so I started my pen testing role in the beginning of this year. Actually, um, a buddy of mine, Chris, actually helped me land this job. And uh, the funny story, actually, I was actually denied from this company seven times until they finally took me on. <laughs> so I was pretty persistent, and uh, I really wanted to get hired on because um, Chris actually works there. So. I was I was pretty set on getting a job there, and I kept applying after every rejection. So, finally got in. That's awesome! Congrats again on that. And that's a good good lesson for the listeners: be persistent. If you get turned down the first time, you know, keep going back because something that happened is not necessarily you send your resume again or apply a week later. But after some time has passed, you're able to add some, you know, some skills and educational resources to your resume then go back. So that's good to be persistent because one of the things uh, you hear of, or, or one of the things I deal with and see, and you've, you've probably seen this as well in your community, is someone will send out and apply for a few jobs, they don't get a job and they get discouraged. But when you hear some people that get jobs, you hear some people that have applied for over, you know, a hundred or close to a hundred jobs before they finally got something. So that persistence and taking a shot at the same job again, or just making sure to keep applying for jobs is kind of key. Yeah, my approach was to pretty much mass apply to a lot of jobs because I was trying to work on my soft skills um, for the interviews. So that, that way I could, you know, go into these interviews a little bit more confident, um, 
you, you know, um, better communicate with the interviewer and basically take it as a learning experience on anything I lacked in, whether it's technical, technical knowledge or, um, you know, soft skills that I may lack in. That's good. And one of the things too, for people to keep in mind is, you know, you go through these interviews and maybe you don't get the job, but you're still getting practice. You know, it's just like anything else. It's like, if you were going to give a talk at a conference, you give that talk one time, you may be a little nervous. You may stammer a little bit and not get through it. Perfect. By the time you've given that talk 10 times, it becomes polished and you're really doing a good job of doing that. So it's the same thing with interviewing. You, you get to hear these questions. Maybe if you don't, have the answer, you can go research that. And so the next time you're asked that question, you can answer that question. So very, very great. That's awesome that you, that you, you got a job in, in pen testing. So what type of pen test are you doing? Uh, it's a mixture. It's a lot of our clients work in the cloud. So <clears throat> a lot of times it's uh, it's web app and external pen test. And sometimes we'll have some internal assessments if they have an actual, um, on-prem environments. A lot of these clients have hybrid environments or they're full-on cloud. Um, so it's it's really cool to go in there and sharpen up my web app pen testing skills on top of doing some port circuit academy for the for the for some things that I may lack in. That's good. That's a great resource. And that's good to have a job that you've got the mixture of things because you can kind of find out where you you want to specialize. But one of the things to keep hearing more and more, you know, with people going to the cloud, there's a lot more web app pen tests you're not getting as much on-prem network pen testing out there. So people really have to shift and learn more of the web stuff. Cause I've got a good friend of mine. that's a really good, really good pen tester, uh, really good with cloud and network, but he hadn't got to really do much web app pen testing. And he's getting a lot of questions on these interviews for web app stuff. And he's having to, to study this to try to get his skills up. And, you know, he's been pen testing for, for five years, but. But that's great that you've got all this different variety of testing instead of just doing one thing over and over again, because that can get boring. Of course. And the beautiful thing about it is, you know, if if there's an area I lack in, I have my coworkers to go to. And I like to do kind of one-on-one sessions with my coworkers um, because they, ha they have more industry experience than me. So I like to go in and shadow them at times if they find a specific vulnerability um, that I don't, that I'm not too familiar with. Um, and just following them on the exploitation process and the privest process on that. Um, it's, it's, it's great because there's a lot of on the job training. Um, so it doesn't really feel like a job it, it, to me. It feels like a, like, like kind of like school in a way if that makes sense because every day I'm going in there and I'm learning and I'm getting trained up on, on areas I may not be um, up to par with my coworkers. That's great. And that's good that you, are asking questions and getting people to help because the big problem I've seen over the years is someone that's just kind of afraid to ask because they're worried that someone is going to think they don't know what they're doing because they ask questions. And, you know, sometimes people, if you're not asking questions, they really going to question, are you doing the job right? You know? So yeah. uh, that's, that's great. Yeah. Questions are encouraged, especially in this industry, um, especially from my mentors. At first I was hesitant to ask questions just because, um, I went in with the mindset, you know, if I ask questions, they might not, they may think I don't know what I'm doing, but it's quite the opposite. You know, instead of sitting there for hours, troubleshooting something, um, and you're not making any progress, you're wasting pretty much everyone's time. So by asking questions, you're able to 
help the team out and work together as a team to complete that task um, instead of just kind of sitting there, kind of twiddling your thumbs a little bit. So what advice, since you've been kind of doing some mentoring now, and I really love to see this, and for anyone listening, you don't have to be in the industry 20 years to to mentor someone. You know, if you've only been studying for six months, you've got something you can share with others. So it's really great to see people like yourself paying it forward and mentoring others. Because, you know, one of the things about it is it's just, uh, you know, I know the intent in most cases is to help other people, but just the way that comes back to you is 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 a great experience. But uh, based on your experience and what you did to become a pen tester, what would you, would you advise to someone that's starting out new that wants to become a pen tester? How would you recommend them train and educate themselves to learn how to pen test? Um, so first, I would think soft skills plays a huge part. Um, me, myself, I'm not the best public speaker or communicator. Um, and being able to communicate technical terms because cybersecurity can be pretty technical and having the ability to convey those technical terms to people like management who may not understand it completely, um, it, it really helps and it, it helps the company as a whole instead of, you know, just sitting there and speaking this jargon that they may not understand. So having that ability um, to convey technical terms definitely helps. And another thing for people such as myself who didn't complete school yet, who are still in the pro in process of getting their degree, uh, one thing I like to do is build out a home lab. So I built out a home lab to kind of work on my skills um, so that way I can test both my offensive skills and my defensive skills. So I built out a home lab, a pretty, pretty decent sized home lab for that. And I utilize online platforms such as Try Hack Me and Hack the Box. Uh, Try Hack Me is a great resource to, uh, to use. I suggest that and recommend that to pretty much all our members who are just starting out into the field because it goes from the basic foundational knowledge to to a little bit more advanced, like reverse engineering. Um, so a lot of these platforms are great. Um, another thing that I love to do is networking with professionals like yourself, especially going to meetups, especially local meetups where people gather on a, on a more frequent basis. Uh, like Dallas Hackers, um, and you know that's that's pretty much the best advice that I've been offered, and the best advice I can offer um, those that are looking looking to break into the field, um, such as you know during the interviews. Also, on top of that, um, I, I found out that you know you don't want to lie about your experience or the technical skills that you put on your resume, uh, because the interviewer can call that out pretty quickly. Um, so it's good to be honest in the interview process. And if you don't know something, you know, what will help me greatly in this field is admitting to the interviewer that I may not know something. So if they ask me something technical, um, you know, I'll admit it if I don't know it instead of trying to kind of uh, BS my way um, during that. Great advice. Yeah, definitely. Because you get in there and, and you try to lie. They're one of the things it's not so much you don't know it that it's not going to get you the job. They're going to think if you're going to be dishonest, they're going to worry about whether they can trust you or not. And the field of cybersecurity is one you really have to be able to trust people because, you know, we're not only testing security, things need to be secure. And if someone is going to lie about something on a resume, are they going to lie about something that they found or if they didn't find something during a pen test? So as far as, uh, certifications and degrees go, do you think someone needs to have a certification or a degree to get started as a pen tester? 
my opinion on like having a certification or degree, I think it's a pretty controversial topic because um, I don't think having a cybersecurity cybersecurity degree is necessarily going to help someone be qualified for a role. Um, I think more about like self study. I think that's the that's the route that I took, and I think that's the the better option for people like me who like to learn at their own pace. Because having those degrees and certs just gets you past that initial HR barrier, um, from what I've seen. And with the self-study route, I see people who are more passionate about the field and people who like to go at their own pace to, to you know, like find CVEs, for example, people that will go above and beyond. Um, it's how I was able to land my first job by going the self-study route, building out these home labs and just trying to get as much knowledge and technical knowledge that I could to, um, to help help my teammates out in, in the roles that I've worked in. That's, that's, uh, that's great advice. Cause one of the things too, with when it comes to college degrees, you know, really the only place you can go and major in pen testing or get a lot of pen testing courses would be a SANS, a SANS degree. And that can be very expensive, but, uh, you know, really from what I've seen, the, really the best thing in some cases you can get for as a pen tester is maybe, some of the basic skills you could pick up, like some of the IT classes, the networking and operating systems, some of that stuff's very helpful, but you're not going to get a lot of the the hacking and pen testing piece. So it was, it was good to hear your opinion and it's good to show people that, you know, a lot of times people impose these barriers on themselves to start or to apply for a job. I don't have this or that, or as far as even getting started, you know, I don't have the money for a college degree or certifications. It's good for them to know that they can do self-study. There's other ways. There's not just one way of doing things. You know, some cases, some people do well with degrees and I think degrees work out well in certifications for people that don't know how to do self-study to be able to accomplish that goal and they need more structure and guidance, but people that can do the self-study route you know, I think that's a good good way to get in and, and you could save money in the process. And I think some some cases is a little easier to get in opposed to having to spend four years to get a degree and spend X amount of years to get these certifications before you start. So one of the questions I get a lot too and just want to, to get your opinion is, do you think it's a requirement to know how to code to be a pen tester? So... I don't think it's a requirement to learn how to code. I think it can help benefit you, um, especially if there's a specific script that you want to code to tackle a specific problem. But in terms of having that skill set, I don't think it's really necessary in the field just because there's a lot of different tools that have been um, built by the different contributors in the field. Um, So a lot of the things that you may be trying to automate may have been already automated in terms of pen testing tools, uh, but having the, I guess, the ability to script, I think is very beneficial. It's something that I've done in terms of helping me automate some job tasks. Um, it definitely helps if you have a manual a manual task. Maybe you're working on a vulnerability assessment and you want to automate a couple of your vulnerability tasks. Um, I could see use in that. But also with cybersecurity, the field is pretty broad. So there may be roles where you may not have to have the ability to code and you know, maybe you're reverse engineering or you're an exploit developer for that, for those positions, you would, you know, I would, um, I would definitely recommend having that strong skill set. Yeah. It's always good to hear people. Cause it's interesting. I had, I've had Alyssa Knight on here and 
she doesn't know how to code, but she's a highly successful pen tester and hacker. But then you hear other people that really uh, believe you need to know how to code to be, you know, a pen tester. So it's always good to get people's opinions. And so one of the, one of the reasons that I really wanted to get you on here too, is the fact that you and your friend Chris run a discord server. That's a community for cybersecurity, uh, aspiring cybersecurity professionals. Uh, let's kind of discuss that. How did you get involved with that? And tell me about your community. Yeah. So basically, so Chris and I started um, at the same job. Basically, that's where we met our first job together, and it was kind of a um, it was kind of a hassle. The whole initial roadblock or getting your foot in the door was kind of um, it was intimidating for us, or at least for me, it was it was pretty intimidating. Um, so Chris is um, you know he's always talked about mentoring and helping others, and a few months back, can't remember the exact date, he was able to put the server together. And I've helped them along the way. Um, this 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 the Discord server that we run, TryHard Security. Um, the the whole purpose of it is to help students and individuals who are looking to start a career in cybersecurity. Um, you know, a good portion of our members are students at WGU or Western Governors Universities. So we offer course guides, events where people like yourselves may come in and speak to our members, offer them guidance or different tips. Um, and we offer one-on-one mentorships with our students. Um, and Chris and Chris and I broke into the field fairly quick, so we wanted to help others that are also looking to break into the field. So by 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 doing so, you know, we've been able to help multiple people land jobs. We've been able to um, help people who who didn't believe they could get into the field get into the field. And people, older people that may have been working a job they didn't like for the past maybe twenty years giving them that hope that, you know, if we can do it, anyone can do it and we can help you along the way, you know, with whatever you need for others, help build your resume out or help interview prepping or anything that they may need. We, you know, our resources, you know, we, we help people um, beyond the servers. So it's, it's great to see a lot of our members succeed and land their first job in the field. That's great. That's good. Good things that you guys are doing. One of the things I like too is, and, and for people out there, you know, uh, how I'd kind of mentioned earlier that you don't have to be in this field a long time to mentor people, but also realize that it's good to learn from people that have newly got into the industry. So whenever I got into security, things were a lot different. When I became a pen tester, things were a lot different. When I became a pen tester, there weren't as many people that knew about the role of pen tester to begin with. So you didn't have as many people going for those roles so in a sense, that kind of made moving over from security or application security into pen testing a little bit easier because you weren't competing against a lot of people. And now fast forward from 2012 till now, so many people know about that role. That's what they want to do because it's, you know, it's a fun role and it sounds cool. So, so many people want to do that. So even though there's a lot more jobs, there's a lot more people applying for those jobs too. So getting advice from someone that's recently got in the industry, because like I said, 20 years ago, things were more different than what they are now. Things have changed. You know, people, you know, when I was getting started in IT, there were on online uh, job sites, but LinkedIn wasn't around then. You know, LinkedIn is a great place to be able to network. You know, you didn't have, you had message boards and stuff, but not like, uh, you know, there were some resources out there, but probably not as much as now, but things have changed and just kind of listening to people that recently got in and how they did it. And especially someone like yourself that got in kind of quick because, you know, someone else that, you know, 
may have had to learn the hard way and did, and it took them several years to get in, but someone like yourself that got in relatively quick has a lot of good advice to share with someone trying, trying to get started. Oh, for sure. And, you know, with the mentorship on our discord server, uh, you know, instead of it's not enough, a lot of people have a mentor and some people may have a single mentor. So by having multiple members on the servers, we're able to offer a more like different perspectives um, to the individual that may be trying to hear, you know, both sides, someone who went the degree route and someone who went the no degree route. So having those different opinions can help really help them decide which route they want to go and which which route is best like fit for them. So. And it's always good too to have a, a group of people you can study with. Cause when I was going through the OSCP, I met three other guys on a message board that was a, a certification uh, prep message board. Uh, and so we kind of met through that and we kind of helped each other out with some tools and things we found. And so we had study partners. And so you think about, you know, back to high school or college when you're, you know, got study groups to try to really learn complex topics. So just having that group makes it better because, you know, you're, you're, it's not just one person researching and coming back with new tools and techniques. It's a whole group of people. And you guys have over 3000 people on your discord server. Yes. And it's still growing, so the, which is crazy. So that's a, so that's a lot of, a lot of resources to be able to share with each other. So we're getting down towards the end of the show. Is there anything that you'd like to share before we uh, close out this episode? Uh, all I can say is if I can make it into the field, there's hope for everybody. So, I mean, as long as you work hard, dedicate time to 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 school or self-study, and you can all succeed in this field. Well, thanks for being a guest and joining me, and congrats on your success. It's awesome to, to see students and people I mentor getting ahead in the industry and succeeding. So it's important to be able to prove to others it can be done. And so people like yourself are doing that along with the mentoring and running the Discord servers. So congrats to you and keep up the good work. Of course. Thank you, Phil. Thanks everyone for joining and we'll see you in the next episode. We hope you enjoyed this episode of the Hacker Factory podcast with Philip Wiley. If you learned something new and this podcast made you think, then share ITSPMagazine.com with your friends, family, and colleagues. If you represent a company and wish to associate your brand with our conversations, sponsor one or more of our podcast channels. We hope you will come back for more stories and follow us on our journey. You can always find us at the intersection of technology, cybersecurity, and society.